Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. As always, delighted to have you on this sports podcast, where we have quite a bit to talk about in the world of football and in the world of hockey. Sean Sullivan joins the show, Sully, to talk about the College Football National Championship game, which saw the Georgia Bulldogs go back-to-back, dismantling TCU 65-7. We break down that game as well as what it means for Georgia as the new big dog, pun intended, in the college football landscape, and if Nick Saban's going to have something to say about it with Alabama, and we talk a little hockey with his New Jersey Devils on the rise after an impressive win over the Carolina Hurricanes last night. And then Matt Wittenberg joins the show to discuss the NFL playoffs. The regular season is in the books. We have 14 playoff teams. We break down all the action, as well as Witt having a few thoughts on his Arizona Cardinals cleaning house at the top. It's Matt Wittenberg and Sean Sullivan on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, somber end to the college football season, but uh, happy to talk to this guy. It's been a couple months, Sean Sullivan. We're wrapping up another successful college football season, Sully. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to uh, North America, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly uh, uh, say that it was a successful college football (laughs) season with the Georgia Bulldogs winning back-to-back titles. That is not a success for Kirby Smart and those boys, but... I think we got another dynasty in the SEC on our hands. Well, yeah, I mean it's successful. We'll take the big picture look in a in a few here, but uh, just for Georgia, I mean going back to back, which puts them in rarefied air. Bam, I believe, Sully, if I have that right, they only have done it once under the Saban era. Yeah, eleven, twelve, right? And yeah, that, yeah, exactly. And I know that it's you know the accolades of which we'll get to Saban and Alabama and the and the big dog no pun intended you know on the on the college football scene but what Georgia did was thoroughly impressive to defend their title given a lot of factors and given the fact that I mean that game was not close at all which no. was, we can get to but the fact that they lose what five first round picks their entire defense goes pro essentially and they're back yeah. here where they started I mean that is very very professional-like, and it is very, very impressive what Kirby Smart has done in a short period of time, going from a Georgia team that hadn't won a title in 1980, was known for losing big games and kind of, you know, the pre-Dabo Clemson, you know, losing the big ones and choking, and now they're just a bona fide top team and every bit deserving of the praise. So Georgia back-to-back, I mean, it's just a remarkable recruiting. Recruiting is the the lifeline of college football, right? Like, they... Yeah. They did it without a single transfer. It was all just five stars reloading. Don't matter. Lose a five star to the draft. Here comes another five star coming right up. They've taken the Bama formula and have completely rescripted it. Yeah. And are doing it in, in, in Athens, Georgia. And it's you're right. It's it's nothing but impressive. You got a hat tip to them because they they dominated. That was it. I think it was uh, Sicko's committee tweeted yeah. out the the biggest. FBS versus FBS margins of victory, and that was like number two on the list. And in the national championship game, <laughs> yeah, it's the same. That it's first same. touchdown was too easy. We saw right from the beginning. Stetson Bennett runs in untouched. Offensively, they scored pretty much every possession, and defensively, there was just not much that TCU, you know, or, or Georgia could not. I mean, Georgia was just disrupting TCU's offense left and right down the field. So that was. That was a beatdown. It made me feel a little sad as an Ohio State fan because that, like we were saying, pretty much was the national championship game. It was. 
makes Michigan look a little weak losing to TCU. Um, you know, losing playing their best, playing their worst game of the year. But but I but I want to go back to Georgia in this regard. You mentioned that the recruiting and they have they've been killing it. They've been out recruiting everybody, Alabama included. But and this is where I bring Saban into the conversation. There is more than just bringing the players in there because. Heck, sure. why isn't why isn't Texas A&M doing any 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 good? You know, why are 100%. certain teams when when and I, mean, I hate to use them as an example, but Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma brought in all these top players couldn't really get to that final stage, next level. And and I heard those comments after the game where George where Kirby sounded a lot like Saban saying the worst thing could be entitlement. So when you get your players yeah. believing that you still have a chip on your shoulder, I think that's that's the final stage that he's coaching these boys up. He's coaching these players that are already great recruits into just oh bona fide my God. studs. You heard, the, you heard the line from, uh, uh, I think it was Carter, after the game was like, oh, they, they thought we were going 7-5. <laughs> well, yeah, I said like, that. <laughs> what the hell said 7-5 for Georgia? Yeah, yeah I mean, it, you're, you're completely right. And then there's also guys like Lad McConkey who – come out of nowhere and they develop and that's that's there's your that's sign, Bennett. Right? Like that's, I mean that's the other one yeah Stetson Bennett that's yeah. the obvious one but yeah, yeah that's, I mean that's the that's the from the walk-on to the two-time natty winner that's you got to tip your cap to him it's not just hey we're reloading five stars and sitting back and just recruiting it's yeah. there is a hell of a coaching job going down yeah, there is. Um, you know, and I know it as a Tennessee guy. I know it's not the best thing to see Georgia, and, and you were you were on top of this years ago when they lost that title game five years, six years ago, and you said, "Yeah, if Georgia wins just one, it's going to put a fence around the state. It's going to build a new power." And I mean, it sucks that you're, yep. you're right. Well, you were accurate. I'll give you that. <laughs> yes, I was. I was. It, it doesn't always happen, so I'll I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely parade this one around, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, dude. Like, it's just such a recruiting. People forget, just in, in general, how deep that state is in talent. It, it is, it is right there. I had no idea. California yeah. and Texas, you, it, Texas and, and Florida, and it is, it is so close. If you could, you're right. If you set up a fence around that state or around that that state, you can get good real quick. That's how Tennessee was good back in the '90s. When Georgia was. With Jim Donovan and 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 Jim Donovan, and he was okay, but he didn't set up a fence. And Tennessee would go and raid the Deion Grants and the Jamal Lewises. And now Georgia's getting all those guys, and plus some. Yeah, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. No, and one last thing on Georgia's season, I thought that they did a great job, like all great teams across sports. They were chameleons. They could win, you know, the dogfight shootout games. Or the dogfight games yep. or the shootout games. You know, they beat Ohio State in a high-scoring game. They won a lot of their SEC games when they had to rely on defense. It was impressive right. stuff. Um, and for TCU, I think they're going to remember this as a, as a terrible loss, obviously, but they still got to the national championship game. You know, they were not – and nobody had in any inkling of them. Yeah, so it was it was a tough way to go out, but what a tremendous season. I think when you take that 20,000-foot view, you're going to appreciate that a lot more. That's always going to be something you can hang your hat on. Yeah. Beat Michigan. And you ran into a freaking freight train, bro. Like, there's <laughs> nobody yeah. else beat them. No. And, I mean, it was nobody else was really that close except for you guys. So, it's like in the other semifinal. Yeah. So, it's like, they don't, don't. And they, oh, man, I don't know. The hanging, the, you just got to, you got, that's one where you burn the tape. 
right? Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. a famous coaching saying. You just yeah. burn the tape, move on. Like that that don't that game doesn't mean much. But mm-hmm. we need to get better in the trenches. Yeah. I mean they they lost their not that it made much difference, but they lost their best offensive lineman early in the game and that's about when I clicked it off. I I Stayed another couple drives. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, you, you yeah. need all hands on deck against that team. Well, you know, Kirby's lost one game in the last two years. It was to Alabama. The David Pollock clip that's gone viral was pretty funny because you could just see Saban his internal internal blood boiling when he heard the statement that Georgia was, you know, running college football. And look, I think there's truth to what Pollock said. Georgia is the class right now. But I also don't think Saban and Alabama is going anywhere. And in a, in a weird way, no. this could be great for what we want as a real rivalry because you know Saban's going to spend every waking second trying to beat Georgia next year. Yes, hundred percent. And I mean, if they, if they might not have the opportunity to play him because they got to get their stuff together, mm-hmm. and uh, they they don't play in the regular season, unfortunately. Um, yeah, the, the, the Georgia the Georgia schedule is charming soft. <laughs> uh, yeah. We can get to that in a bit, but yeah, that, I, I think LSU's a chance in the West. They got to take care of business there, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, Nick Saban with a, with a chip on his shoulder is uh, dangerous and a, a dangerous, real one, dangerous man. and a, and a yeah, real, a real one, one too. So this could be invigorating yeah. for him. It was another, you know, and I know Georgia winning isn't your favorite thing in the world, but it was another successful season. No. Your Vols, you know, finishing well oh, and, yeah. you know, winning the uh, Orange Bowl. So we'll see. I just think that what we're looking at in, you know, in terms of Georgia, obviously Alabama with the SEC dominance and Tennessee and, L- and LSU, other teams on the rise. We're looking at, you know, the playoff to still 12-team expansion. SEC is going to be dominant in it still. I mean, Teams like Georgia yeah. probably make it like every single year. I would put them in that yeah. class. <laughs> yeah, Alabama right there, and and Tennessee would have made it this year, and, and mm-hmm. LSU's knocking on the door. Like there, you got you got a lot of teams right there that that would have made that twelve team playoff. But more games, more more, you can have more off games. Like I, I'm I'm excited for it. I think that, that a lot of people are arguing that that's going to weed out the, the TCU's of the world, but so. That, that's easy to forget. Yeah. They just beat Michigan. I, I right? would, so, yeah, I, I would just say, and I was, I'm not the biggest proponent of expansion, just because I love the regular season, the drama, and I, which Alabama, which clearly was one of the top, you know, four teams, like skill wise, but they did not deserve to make the playoff because they didn't take care no. of business. I love the stakes. That said, yeah. I will admit this: the one thing about the playoff that I'm kind of higher on is that. If seeding might be off a little bit, like, and I don't want to say, you know, it was off in TCU's case because they did deserve to win, yeah. you know, they beat Michigan, but you still have For more sure. games that kind of correct it down the road. So we're not just right. putting all our chips into one basket. So that part, you're in, I do appreciate. Your end product's going to be better. You're going to yeah. get the two best teams. You're, it, it, it still can dilute the, the, and we don't have to go down. We could talk yeah. about yeah. this for yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah, we could. It still can dilute a little bit of your regular season, but you you put the put the conference title uh, champions there in that yeah. as a, as a D note that helps a little bit, right? So yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think it'll end up being all right. Our, our the the uh, one of our favorite sports is going to be a okay. Yeah, it still still looks pretty good. You know, unfortunately, you know, LA had uh, the the championship game this year, and uh, two things that kind of struck me about you know some issues there were. 
the rain in a stadium that doesn't officially have walls. So it reminded me of the U.S. Open tennis where yeah. there's water getting in. And uh, if we do this again, we got to let them tailgate. I mean, come on. I, I, I was um, told that the the tailgating thing wasn't as bad as it was okay. previously said. It was, it was more of like a no tent okay. kind of right. messed up with okay. rain. Uh, coming, but it was like, yeah, you could stand around your car and, okay. and well, that's pop fair. as many things yeah. as you want. Yeah, that's fair. That, that was more of the thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, props so. again. To, props again to Georgia. Um, so dominant a win. They were even eating some tendies in the middle of the yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> so, some chicken on the sidelines. You know, you're you're coasting uh, <laughs> when you're when you're pulling out the. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? Years ago? Was that Mark Sanchez that ate a hot dog? It was sideline a few years ago. Yeah, they're just pulling out that. that yeah, that deal. I mean, yeah. Like he was a he was a backup in that game. We're talking about starting defense, just in between and series. He got just... it, and he got his third. <laughs> he got his third third string quarterback to go get him the hot dog, which is hysterical. Chain of command. I love it. Um, all right, yeah. Sean Sullivan here on the Money Mitch Effect. This was a blast wrapping up college football. Want to want to just finish with a couple minutes on uh, on hockey and your New Jersey Devils, man. What a, what a year for oh. for this team that you know was in the rebuild process, stuck in the trenches. We were all waiting for it to take off, and man, they're two points out of the division. I mean, they are looking it, sharp, looking very sharp. It's it, it, I, I saw a great tweet from uh, one of the fan accounts I, I follow on Twitter. This team would beat the absolute breaks off of last year's team just oh, because yeah. there's more. The depth is stepping up, like Jack Hughes, and and so. Pull it back a little bit. They went on. They broke the record for the most wins in November history. And I'm, of course, on the other side of the world covering the World Cup. I can't watch a single game. I come back. They go on like a seven-game losing skid. The depth completely falls apart. And now they're starting to pick it back up again with back-to-back wins. My goodness. With the Rangers' Dude, comeback win. 15-2-1 on the win. road, man. That's like. Yeah. Road dogs, dude. Yeah. Road, road dogs, which is, which is huge. When you uh, when you get into the playoff time, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you know that that yeah. really puts a lot of pressure on the other team. So yeah, yeah. And then then last night's win coming back three one from your basically your your, your clone, right? Some a, a team that you're trying to, to to emulate. Deep runs in the playoffs, super speed, and you, that's that's a very close team to the way the style you play. They had you down three one on the road, and you come back and and score back to back goals. In, in 13 seconds at one point said uh, we don't care down 3-1 Shmeen one like and it doesn't matter the Metropolitan Division is so stacked at the top and I Gross. think it's going to be a battle I mean you have the, the Hurricanes still with a two point lead getting healthier yep. the Devils kind of you know riding the ship Rangers have turned it on Capitals even I mean they were the team that was kind of left for dead they're 7-1-2 and two in their last 10 and, and getting guys back what impresses me the most about the Devils a couple things. One being that you talk about depth. You're not going to win without depth in the National Hockey League. You've had a guy like mm-hmm. Jack Hughes take the leap, look like a surefire top player in this league, but you've got to point yeah. a game out of Nico. Jesper Bratt's the same yeah. pace, and Dougie Hamilton exactly. on the back end is great, especially on that power oh play. He's been, a, he's been a force yeah. as well. So I, I think that you finally have some depth. Tatar is another one that's a, a great guy that's been mm-hmm. in this league. But we also talked about goaltending for you guys, and that was kind of the problem last year. And, you know, I, I think when Vanacek's been in the game and he, his stats are, you know, about league average for a goalie, but that is a step what you guys that's, used to. That's what we said last year. Like, if you, if you get league average, yeah. you're, you're in the playoff hunt. 
at the very least yeah. with the way that offense was flying around at points in times last year. Now you get it. That, that, that was thank you, Capitals. That was an amazing offseason trade. <laughs> Tip of the cap. Yeah. Also, amazing, amazing offseason deal with, with locking up Hughes to 2030 on $80 million. Like that's a steal right well, now. The you, timing on did that. Did you contract. also did you also hear what uh, after the World Juniors, which unfortunately Canada won, but after World Juniors, yeah. and another great performance by a certain Devils draft pick. Michigan's Luke head coach Hughes. said Michigan's head coach said something I completely agree with, and that he is he will be Luke will be in the lineup this year, and probably in yeah. a playoff situation because when the college season ends and he undoubtedly goes He's pro, right. I think he goes right to the show and plays immediately with the Devils. That'd be amazing. <laughs> so there you amazing. Go. Something to look forward to. Another yeah, reason nice, we're against nice Michigan. Injection. Another another yeah, reason. Exactly. <laughs> so Yeah, get him get him out. We don't need a deep frozen tour run. Unfortunately they're probably gonna win it all, but you know, <laughs> yeah. they could root against them. Get them out, get them there early. But yeah, the devil's looking good. It's gonna be a fun playoff race, man. Boston Bruins, what they're doing. Just insane. They're gross, man. Thirty two four and four. And you've seen it you've seen it close up when you played this team. There's so much depth across the board. Their star players are, I mean, Pasternak and Marchand are still at an elite level. But yeah. what really elite. strikes me about this team is that they're just built in a perfect way. They've got grinders. Yep. They've got skill guys. They can, like we were saying with Georgia football, they're chameleons. They can win different ways. Young, old. Young. They got the, both goaltenders are amazing. No, and I, and I saw the, I was watching them. They beat the Kings. They were doing pretty well and in L.A. And it was a game where it was grimy. They were down, getting to a couple fights. Guy who scores the guy who gets in the fight, Trent Frederick scores two goals. So they just turned it into a complete, you know, rough, rough and tumble type game. Not too many. And then they can win there. in the five six shootout game, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's so, why you got to get like, out of it. I don't the, know how you beat them. Well, here's the thing. First piece of advice for Devils, which they obviously know: finish in the top three. You don't want to be in a yeah. wild card situation where you're ending up going into the other division, and then you could get the Bruins first round, or you just end up dealing yeah. with that whole division. So. I think yeah, the top three spots wanna, are huge. Stay away. You want to you be on the other side where you're not touching it until the Eastern Conference Finals. No. Right? Like, no. you want to be the two seed, three seed. Yeah. And, and stay away from them as long as possible. Those top those top three spots are crucial, man. I really do believe that. But, I mean, for for the Devils, man, it's good. You're going to be back in the, the playoff mix. You know, still some work to be done. But, you know. Knock on wood. But, yeah. It, it, they're, it, we're at the halfway point. They're already one, one went away last season. Win total. It's been wild, and uh, we'll we'll have to see how it keeps going. But just a great start. We got the All Star game, All Star break coming up, so we'll see. But again, props here, Devils. But not before we get to go watch some live hockey together with the Ducks. Yeah, that's big, you know. And and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, there's no pressure, obviously, but Ducks to Kings. We all know that, that the Kings are the tougher of the games, and it's a back to back, so. Let's just handle business Friday, you know, and then it's a it's yeah. a no pressure Saturday night back to back, you know. The worst thing is exactly. that loss in the first one, and then you got to go back to back road games and going into a tough. break. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. So end for some momentum. Can't wait to see him in person. Uh, Sean Sullivan, Sully, this was fun. Always appreciate you coming on and talking football and hockey, of course. But thanks for coming Absolutely, on the show, buddy. brother. Always, always a pleasure. All right, huge thanks to Sully for appearing on today's show. Always a blast. Another college football season in the books, but 
It'll be spring ball soon, so we got to keep it going, and uh, we have hockey to keep us cheered up as well. So thanks to Sully for coming on. Now we're going to talk NFL action with Matt Wittenberg. We recap Week 18, look at the playoff picture, look at all the teams that are in the mix for a Super Bowl title, and talk about some coaching changes with Witt's Arizona Cardinals at the top of that list. So here's Matt Wittenberg now talking NFL action on the Money Mitch Effect. All right, it's playoff time in the NFL. Joining the show to talk about that and a bunch of other storylines. It's Matt Wittenberg back on the show. Uh, Witt, thanks for coming back on the program. Uh, it's exciting. There's, uh, you know, West football, but the games have some stakes for them. So I'm um, excited to get into this with you. Yeah, yeah, same here. Just like, what a time to be a football fan. We have the, unfortunately, dud of a college mm-hmm. football national championship game last night and then all of the NFL hirings and fire, well, mostly firing so far. And then, yeah, great slate of games coming up this weekend. Well, both of our teams miss out on the playoffs. Uh, I would say yet again, but it's been a lot of that recently. Uh, we can start here, though. I know you're kind of feeling a little better because it's a uh, complete uh, regime change. No more Kingsbury, no more Kime in Arizona. And I know how happy you are that we're finally going to turn the page on just a brutal couple of uh, gears here. This year is when it completely bottomed out, but you know, last year even with the playoff appearance, the vibes weren't great. But the uh, the Cardinals clean house. Yeah, yeah, long well, I don't know if it's necessarily long overdue, but yeah, the last going back to last year with the late season collapse and obviously the no show in the playoff game against the Rams, and then just yeah, this year's just pretty much from Jump Street never got going. So many off the field things going on and DeAndre Hopkins getting suspended to start the year and all of the injuries piling up with uh, Zach Ertz and obviously Kyler Murray tearing his ACL. So it was just, yeah, June from the start felt like that this was not going to get better next year or anything. And kudos to Mike Bidwill for uh, making the decision to cut bait with uh, Cliff and Kime just yeah. after giving out those extensions last year. So, I mean, I give him a lot of credit for that, for knowing it was time to make the move. And it's going to be very interesting where they go from here because it's pretty much a seminal moment for the organization moving forward. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to add, I mean, and you're right, right, last year they collapsed, you know, kind of down the stretch and, and, you know, again in the playoff game. But that was exactly what Kingsbury did, you know, pretty much all of his years. You know, the first two years, I think it was like three and it was like three and six down the stretch in 2020, mm-hmm. and in 19 it was like two and seven down the stretch. So that's kind of been the book on him. And you watch the game management and how that wasn't there. And at the end of the day, though, he was supposed to be the the offensive guru, the QB guy, and that's where you saw the biggest breakdowns. To be fair, I think Kyler deserves some of that blame obviously pre-injury but mm-hmm. they have a lot to they have a lot to discuss and there's a lot of openings there seem to be every year but this year in particular you know there hasn't been that opening of a good team it's been a lot of the bottom teams kind of cutting bait early and trying to get a jump on it so I'm curious to see what direction they go do they go I mean they had defensive coach before that are they going to go with another offensive play caller do they try to get somebody from college what type of assistants are out there that would be willing to take that job in Arizona? I would say, and this is where I'll, I'll defer to you, it's probably a, a mid-level of all the jobs that are going to be opening. I wouldn't say it's the worst situation, but I don't think I'd put it in that top very best category either. I think it's kind of middle of the road for the openings. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. A lot of questions with, I mean, the Mike Bidwell says he wants to hire the GM first, ideally. So that would give the prospective head coach a little more clarity. And then mm-hmm. the big unknown of when Kyler's going to be back from that ACL tear. So you're probably starting a different quarterback, at least at the beginning of the season. So a lot of unknowns. It's still an NFL head coaching job. There's only 32, but yeah, some, I mean, if top candidates can be picky with the jobs that they take and there's going to, there's some competition out there. So I don't think it's, I agree with you. It's not the worst, but it's not certainly not one that a lot of people are going to be necessarily banging the door down to get, but Hey, you don't have to get the most popular guy. You just got to get the right guy. Well, I want to start the playoff talk with uh, with this in this regard, and we're into seven teams in the playoffs, obviously for the you know th- second year now. I want to say, and uh, I- I'm still I'm still not you know <laughs> I've been kind of the contrarian in expansion in college and the NFL. I kind of feel the same way. I think more games is always great. We're not gonna you know want to see less, but you know this is the second year now where I'm looking at these seven seeds and the races for the seven seeds and it wasn't exactly stellar football down the stretch we'll see if we're proven wrong in the playoffs but did you get that same sense I mean we were we were really scraping the bottom of the barrel to get these seven playoff teams yeah some limping to the finish line for sure so it's interesting and I mean we'll see how that pans out with another year of just one team from each conference getting the buys so Last year, it didn't help the two teams. Neither one team mm-hmm. made the Super Bowl last year. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see if that holds true this year. I, I kind of don't think either one seed's going to make it, but that's not necessarily dictated on the team having a buy. It's just sort of a byproduct of the yep. other teams that are out there. But, yeah, I, I like watching more football too. So it's just uh, there might be more blowouts. Well, I'll say this, of all the teams that made the playoffs this year, and, and I'm going to go back to the beginning of the year with whatever our predictions were and our thoughts were going in, not just because they're the lower seed, but Seahawks in is the shocker, right? Like the fact that they got mm-hmm. in based on the trade, Geno Smith at quarterback sets the Seahawks pass a record. I know it's a new era with QBs throwing, but you know they did limp in. They got a fortuitous break on Sunday night, but you got to give credit there. That was not expected at all. No, and they started the year so well, too, which is like the big shockers. Like, out of the gate, they looked good. And then they sort of had a little bit of a lull where, excuse me, where they do sort of limp in that last spot and get the help that they needed. But, I mean, they got a division matchup with the team that they know really well. Uh, I don't think it's going to go their way. But, hey, they're in. They have a chance. So, uh, credit to Pete. A lot of people thought that he was might be sort of at the end of his road in the NFL and could be mm-hmm. retiring soon. But hey, it looks like he still has that energy, still chomping on that gum, and still getting in the playoffs. And one hundred percent props to the Lions for that performance on Sunday night when they didn't have a whole lot to play for. That to me was, you know, it, it showed with Dan Campbell. I know there's a lot of hoopla about what he says and how he acts at times, but that was a well prepared team and a motivated team and. I think it can be taken for granted. You know, not a lot of NFL teams in that scenario out of the playoffs would have put together that game and battled back from a second-half deficit. So that, you know, they'll go into next year with a lot of momentum. We'll see if they can live up to it. But how they finish the season, particularly that that last game, show me that the locker room is 100% invested in what he's preaching. Yeah, man, they're so fun to watch, especially down the stretch. It's just unfortunate that they weren't in the uh – 
win and win and end situation with the Seahawks beating the Rams earlier that day. But I mean, because I'm sure most of us like neutral fans were definitely pulling for them to make it into the playoffs after I mean seeing everything on hard knocks and just how mm-hmm. downtrodden that team's been over the like ever forever basically. Yeah. So yeah, really really cool to see. Definitely optimistic about their future and yeah, really hope. I mean, they've got a really great shot at making it in next year. So would you put the Packers loss in that game? Because I don't, I kind of, it's weird. I don't really put that in the class of other chokes and failures because I just didn't think they were that good. Now, I know it's, I know it can be taken. Yeah, they had a home game to get into the playoffs. They were favored. I understand that they didn't perform in that one. But, you know, what would that team have done when they got in? Probably not much. Yeah, you figure that Aaron Rodgers gives you a shot in most games, but I mean, all season long, this team was struggling and had to have a lot of breaks go mm-hmm. their way to even have a chance this last weekend to make it in. So I don't think they would have done much against the 49ers, which is the team that they would have ended up in playing if they win that game. Yeah. So it's, I mean, another chapter in the bizarre Aaron Rodgers offseason saga about to unfold. It seems like he might not be going back for more, but I mean, with him, you really never can tell. I, I don't buy it, though, and I'm not saying that he's not thinking about it. I, I mean, when you lose your last game when the season ends, especially when you're that age, I get it. The doubt creeps in. You're probably sore yeah. and beat up and disappointed. But there's a lot of money riding on the table for him to come back. And I oh, don't yeah. know that the Packers, you know, the difference is, and all due respect to Jordan Love, and he might have shown a little bit of flashes for the first time this year, there isn't that Rodgers waiting after Favre situation. You move on from Rodgers, mm-hmm. it's going to get worse before it gets better, if it does get better soon. Yeah, that's 100% true. And just, like, looking at what their cap space situation is moving forward, they depended on so many young guys this year. So it's just it's an unknown whether they all take that next extra step and mm-hmm. whether that inconsistency breeds into next season as well. A couple more uh, things on week, you know, the final week of the season, week 18, before we get to the playoff games that I wanted to go over. Uh, the drama with the number one pick was hilarious to me. The fact that Lovey <laughs> Smith basically on his way out the door, however you want to yep. read into it, whatever happened, completely by getting his players to play, sabotage the Texans and cost them the number one overall pick that is now at the Bears. Uh, that was that was an insane thing to do it. And then, you know, you're not going to quit the game. I was just expecting the owner to run onto the field and, like, stop it somehow. <laughs> yeah, that was something, the way that it unfolded. And, I mean, the writing on the wall was kind of there with him, like, where you figured he was going to be one and done uh, this season. And, I mean, hey, kudos to the Texans. They mm-hmm. were in quite a few games, especially yeah. at the end of the season. Almost beat Dallas. Almost beat the Chiefs. So, they had some fight. But, <clears throat> unfortunately, that's <laughs> definitely one you wanted to lose. So, We'll see what Chicago does with it. Since yeah. they, from looking at it right now, you wouldn't think they'd need a quarterback. I mean, who knows what conversations mm-hmm. they've had about Fields' future, but you would think that that pick could be up for grabs if someone wants to trade for it. Yeah, a long ways away from, from the draft talk, but the, the Bears are going to have options, and they're going to probably send out some smoke screens in there and see what they can get. But, yeah, there's there's options for sure for them. Uh, you know, a, diff- a disappointing end of the season for the Colts, obviously, 4-12-1 finishing in that Texans game, which was hilarious. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was part of the drama I wanted to get into. The other was, you know, you mentioned it at the top, the Dolphins were the team that limped in with the seventh seed, you know, in just a brutal game, a victory over the Jets. 
got the Patriots loss to the Bills. Steelers were looking on the outside. The AFC came down to the wire, but it was the Dolphins that you know, literally and figuratively, figuratively limp into the playoffs. Yeah, that I've actually watched a lot of that game second half. I don't know why. The field goal set between the Jets and the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, some ugly football. And, I mean, Joe Flacco going up against Skylar Thompson is not exactly what you sort of marked down at the beginning of the year for a Week 18 game. But, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, I don't think that Tua plays in the playoffs. There's still a lot of unknowns with his status going forward. And that team just looks so, so different than those like hot stretches that they had in the middle of the season. So, um, I mean, it's kudos to Mike McDaniel for them making it, ending that long drought without playoff appearance. But it just seems like this is going to be the end of the road, at least for this season. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I mentioned that win, though, that the uh, the Bills got over the Patriots and just, I mean, more than storybook, right? Naheem Hines with two kick returns, including the opening one. I mean, that was just r- ridiculous. Oh, man, yeah, that was incredible. And just hearing Josh Allen talk about it after the game, tearing up at the podium, and just the way that whole community and the mm-hmm. whole team sort of galvanized around DeMar Hamlin and mm-hmm. his obviously good prognosis and him being moved back to a hospital in Buffalo now is just, I mean, it's all we were really hoping for in the aftermath of that. So just, it's really hard for any, I'm sure most impartial fans are going to be cheering for them to make Mm -hmm. a run to win it all just because of how good of a feel good story that will be. Yeah. And we even had a John Brown sighting in that game. I know you were paying attention to that. I forgot he was even (laughs) on there. So yeah, old smoke, his nickname. So Cold feet, he still has that speed. Hey, Josh Allen made some unbelievable. I know he was playing with a heavy heart, like the whole team, whole city really had, but he made some throws, like the touchdown to Diggs, back foot, basically yeah. flat footed, hit coming, 55 yards on a dime. I mean, this, you know, it's it's Ridiculous. a special player, especially to handle, handle what he went through. Uh, and then the last note I have on week 18 before we get to the playoffs is I really don't understand what the Chargers were doing. <laughs> that was that was the last thing I have. Playing all their starters, locked in at the five seed. Hopefully avoided major injury, but maybe not with Mike Williams. I don't know. Just baffling, man. I mean, nothing to play for, like you said. Mike Williams has had some injury issues this season. He's missed games and then takes that bad shot. Apparently has to be helped onto the cart because his back's locking up. So mm. you figure that's not necessarily a quick turnaround injury to put they have the game on Saturday, so hard to say whether he'd be back for that one. Eckler took some shots. Uh, I mean, Herbert didn't really get hit much, but he's been injured this year too. So, yeah, if they luck out and if both mm-hmm. are good to go, but still, that's just such yeah. a necessary risk to take. Week 18 was wild. A lot of winners, a lot of losers. I, the only other guy in, in his own category would be Quay Walker because that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen, I think, on a sporting field, shoving a trainer. But, hey. Yeah, for the second time. I know. It's like, what's this guy do? Hey, props to the trainer, though. I mean, he didn't back down. He was yeah. he was staring right at him. Oh, man, yeah. What a, what a note to end the Packers season on, too. Just like that's like sort of the last image, other than the Aaron Rodgers interception, just like. Uh, man. Matt Wittenberg here on the Money Mitch Effect. Well, the playoffs are set. We've got six games this weekend. Should be exciting. Saturday through Monday. Um, doing it in se- sequential order. Seahawks and Niners in that early, I don't want to say the, the less than stellar slate, but usually the game with uh, the least amount of flair and drama and 
they do go Seahawks, Niners here for the third time this year. Niners have handled them this year, but, you know, got a rookie quarterback. A rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy, who's looked great, has not lost, and comes into this game 6-0. and Niners at about 10-point favorites in this one. You're going to be hard-pressed to find anyone to take the, the Seahawks outright. I think that might free them to open things up. They can be a, a fun team, but I just I don't know physically how they're going to have answers for maybe the most physical team in football. Yeah, that defense is scary good, and the offense is just clicking. They're not asking Purdy to do too much, and he just has an insane amount of playmakers around him. And mm. Debo finally back healthy, and McCaffrey's just been like everything that they had hoped that he would be when Kittle's they made the back. trade. Kittle back, yeah. Ayuk outside as well. I mean, it's just, it's really hard not to like that team. And uh, Purdy already beat the Seahawks in Seattle earlier this mm-hmm. year. I had the Seahawks limp in. They, they didn't look good against the Rams at all. I thought they should have lost that game. Um, some questionable calls, to say the least. So yeah. I, I fully expect the 49ers to roll in this one. How about your guy, Ayuk? I know he's doing it on the team you don't like, but a thousand yard receiving year and eight touchdowns. I mean, he's, oh, he's settling in. Yeah. You knew it too, though. You knew when they when they made that pick, it was going to come back to hurt. (laughs) Yeah, perfect for the Shanahan offense too. Just like can't wait until he hits hits free agency. I mean, I'm sure they're going to try their best not to let him go, but yeah, I'm just happy to see him have all the success too. Yeah, I am. I'm excited to watch this one. Also, want to point out that I think it's a foregone conclusion now that my guy Nick Bosa is going to be Defensive Player of the Year sack oh, leader yeah. and what he did and he wrecked the game the last time they played i think he's going to do the same so uh, i think we're both in agreement with the niners here how about duval hosting uh the saturday night playoff game jacksonville's in they get the primetime saturday night game against the chargers one point underdogs at home just for a second with looking at the jaguars to have how they finished new year with doug peterson at the helm trevor lawrence looking good and a night playoff game is going to be pretty special Oh man, yeah. What what is what a turnaround after you alluded to it? All of the the stuff that they went through last year and just like, I mean, completely bottoming out. And just Trevor Lawrence has looked the part. He seems to have taken that extra step. And Doug Peterson was the perfect coach for him. It looks like I mean, did so well in Philly. Um, having Travis Etienne back healthy this year has been great. And, Hey, former Arizona Cardinal Christian Kirk actually looked really good this year too. I, I that surprised me a bit. So I'm I'm stoked for them. I think that they actually end up in winning this game. I feel like that's going to be an amped up crowd. And then going back to our Chargers talk, I don't mm-hmm. know if uh, if Mike Williams doesn't play, that's a big big uh, detriment to their offense. So yeah, and then Brandon Staley does make some questionable uh, coaching decisions from time to time in, in critical game situations. Yeah. So. I like uh, Duval to get this one at home in Duval County. <laughs> I know it's just one point, and I I just don't want to pick all favorites, so I'm going to rock the Jaguars in this one, which I think is kind of what, what we've seen in wildcard weekend the last couple of years, or have been upsets for sure, uh, few and far mm-hmm. between, but the divisional rounds have been kind of stacked, which is I think what's going to eventually happen as well. But, yeah, I think Jacksonville coming in with momentum, a little healthier, has the home game, has the crowd. Don't know what we're going to get from Mike Williams. He's huge when he's out there. And defensively, can you count on these guys to stay on the field four games with four quarters with the health and everything there? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated to see both these young quarterbacks, though, in their first playoff game. And it would not shock me either way if, if one or both, hopefully both, 
just balled out and had a great game. So I think this could be mm-hmm. this could be the sleeper game of the weekend. I'm very excited. Other than the Monday night game, I mm. think that's the one I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't put high on that list, Bills-Dolphins. Unfortunately, I like what the Bills, you know, the, the vibes that they have, the Team of Destiny vibes, if you will. Um, I, and I know when they played in Miami, when they played in Buffalo recently last month in the snowstorm, it was a great game. Just don't see that happening, whether it's Skyler, even if Teddy Bridgewater can play. Don't think we see Tua. I just think the Bills roll them here, and I think they're, you know, into postseason mode, which means more focus, ready to roll. They start with a divisional opponent again like they did last year. We know how that went. Just like the Bills to dominate. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend much time on this one. <laughs> they're they're a juggernaut. They're they're at home. Dolphins have iffy quarterback questions, so they're they're gonna definitely cover. So and and I do want to mention also, you know, the Bills with with how the playoff and everything went down, it was you know, the NFL gets a lot of flack, a lot of times it's deserved. They didn't really have mm. a, a winnable situation for all sides. I think they did the best they could, and I think that they, you know, managed it out. I'm disappointed that just personally we're not going to see if it is Chiefs Bills home field advantage. It's going to be neutral site, which will be a little weird. And I also do feel for the Bengals, they avoided the dreaded coin toss situation with the Ravens. But, you know, if they would have beat the Bills in that game, which they could have, they started out strong, they could have had home if they do play next round too. So I do want to point mm-hmm. out that there are some other things that happened that were unconventional for obvious reasons. But, you know, the Bengals and the Bills, to a lesser extent, kind of, you know, didn't really get the chance to contend for the higher seed. Yeah, just no, there was def- no way to make it work on all sides, that's for sure. I, d- I do think that they ended up eventually coming away with the right, right result as far as making it the most fair. And I, you knew that that game was not going to get resumed, the Cincinnati-Buffalo game. So just, yeah, tragic circumstances that, fortunately have ended up not as tragic as they could have been uh but yeah just a weird logistical strain especially with it happening right at the end of the season with like no wiggle room for anything Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean we'll see if we get that game it it might not matter at all it might not it might not uh we'll, we'll we'll monitor that you know sunday after the bills and dolphins is the trendy game that you know i think a lot of people are curious to see what happens it's the giants at the vikings Vikings at home, three-point favorites. They were 13-4 and four on the season. They had a negative point differential, playing a Giants team that you know, should not have been here. Brian Dable, pretty much surefire coach of the year, in my opinion. Daniel Jones has been playing great. A lot of people are going to go Giants here in the upset. Before I turn it over to you, I hate when that happens. I just <laughs> From the outside, I just don't know that that's always the best trend. But this is Minnesota's first in a series of tests to kind of prove how legit or illegit they are how do you see this one shaking out yeah i hate to be on the trendy train but i am a firm non-believer in the vikings and what they've done this year i just you look at the point differential i know that's been brought up ad nauseum at this point and just how unsustainable winning those close games is like especially when it comes to the playoffs the giants were played there what maybe a month ago at this point mm-hmm. we're in that game right until the end the 60 yard field goal or whatever it was beat <laughs> yeah. them so uh i think that they they're playing really well i think that their defense is good obviously saquon's had an amazing season they just need daniel jones not to make make too many mistakes and then i think that i feel good about them winning that game it's just yeah living on the edge just can only get you so far 
Yeah, I just don't know that the Giants are, I mean, I, I, I don't believe that they're ready yet, but they're not, you know, they weren't expecting to be ready yet. So that's part of where I'm mm-hmm. basing my pick to, for the Vikings. I also think, you know, you're 100% right, living on the edge can only get you so far. What it does get you, though, is test battle tested. I mean, even when we saw last night in the college game, TCU in close game, sure, but then you're going to get blown out. You're going <laughs> to you're going to be up against it, which I do think will happen. I don't want to make this a ringing endorsement of the Vikings as Super Bowl contenders. I just like them to win another close game, probably by about three or so points uh, over the Giants. It's, it's one of the ones that I think I have the least confidence in, given the fact that the Vikings are who they are. But I just don't know the Giants by nature. Are, gonna, are a team that opens it up. So uh, I like the Vikings here. And I do think that it's not, it really isn't about Kirk Cousins for me or the offense. It's the defense that I, I think yeah, a lot of exactly. us can say have our doubts about because they're one of the worst in the NFL statistically. You look at the games that they lost too. They were like all blowouts too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's, it's wild. Uh, such an aberration, I think, but I don't know. I'm glad that we're not all in agreement on uh, every game, though. We can't have that. No, we can't have that. And there's going to be some. I mean, there'll probably be a crazy upset that no one saw coming. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a Sunday night game, Bengals and uh, Ravens. Is it, this line looks like it's seven points right now, Bengals. That's a line that doesn't expect, in my opinion, Lamar Jackson to be out on the field. Yeah, agreed. I just, I don't know. Um, I don't know if. I mean, even if he does play, what's the status there? What's going on with him specifically? The Bengals have a lot to like about them, and I definitely agree that they're contenders. If I was you know, a betting man in this situation, I don't know that I feel comfortable weighing all these points because the Bengals aren't a perfect team. I think they still do have line issues. The defense is very takeover, takeaway driven, and I think the one thing about Harbaugh and John Harbaugh's teams is that he will playing close games he very off very seldom gets boat race in these situations so i will pick yeah. i'll pick the Bengals to win but i do think the ravens cover this do you think lamar plays i don't think so but i also think last week the ravens i mean we've seen this time and time again they showed them absolutely nothing they basically did what the giants did except they kept some of their players in there you know they, mm-hmm. they they're just that was a that was a complete non-interested ravens team yeah, that's true. You're down to your third string quarterback in that game. It's yeah, tough sledding. I I think the Bengals do win this game. The Lamar dynamic would really change that, obviously, but I don't think that he plays either. Um, Bengals are hot. They've won looks like eight in a row at this point. You have the canceled mm-hmm. Buffalo game mixed in there, but playing as well as anyone. I mean, Joe yeah. Burrow in the playoffs based on the short sample size we have of them in the playoffs is incredible. So I like them to win at home. Uh, keep it rolling. Yeah. I think this could be the closer game and, and I don't want to predict upset if it's, if it's Huntley in there, but I think this is going to be close. It seems like every game, obviously, except for the last one was pretty close when the Ravens beat him. I know it was in Baltimore, but it was a low scoring drag out uh, affair. Mm-hmm. And they have that Tucker guy who's pretty solid in these situations. Uh, Matt Wittenberg here on the Money Mitch Effect. Last game, Monday night. I'm really glad that we have Monday night playoff games at least, you know, the first week. Bucks and Cowboys. Bucks at home, two and a half point underdogs, taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Tampa just soaring to a nice division title with a 9-8 and eight record. And uh, <laughs> they play the Cowboys team that, you know, didn't really have, I guess, what you would say, a lot to play for given the fact that the Giants rested all their starters last week and the Cowboys 
kind of mailed it in, definitely mailed it in, losing to the Commanders, but they finished 12-5, and five, got the five seed. We're pretty much locked in here for a while. Bucks actually 8-9 as I misspoke, but here we are looking at this week. Cowboys going to Tampa. There's a lot of bad juju going on for the Cowboys because they've underwhelmed, underachieved in this situation, and mm-hmm. they're playing a team with a losing record. So is this going to be more of the same? Do the Cowboys lay another egg in the playoffs? I don't know if they necessarily lay another egg, but I think that Tampa ends up winning this game just for Ooh. the, it feels like the teams with losing records that have made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they're two and one in their first round playoff games. Mm. And then having Tom Brady certainly helps being at home certainly helps. They played each other, but it was week one. So basically a different season and Tampa ended up winning that game. Just hated the way that Dallas looked last weekend. Just like, like you said, completely mailed it in. Dak didn't look great. They didn't look great against Tennessee the week before in that TNF game. Yeah. It looked like they were going to let Josh Dobbs beat them for a while. So I just feel like they're trending in the wrong direction. There's all this Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton stuff going around now. So that's just hmm. not a recipe for success. And the defense has sort of regressed near the end of the season. And, I mean, Tampa pretty much rested everyone against uh, Atlanta after the first couple drives, but the way that they wrapped up the division against uh, Carolina with Brady airing it out to Evan is just like, wow, yeah, this team can score. This team can win. So I don't, I don't think they're going to go on a Super Bowl run or anything, but I do think if they win this game. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to pick the Cowboys begrudgingly and it's more of, I don't want to get fooled by the bucks. I know Brady can air it out, but they've underachieved a lot this year. I still think they have line mm-hmm. issues. I think that they've got trouble. They can't run the ball. I mean, that still hasn't really happened all year other than last, you know, other than I guess week one when these two teams played. But as you said a season ago, I think the Cowboys are going to win this one. I think that, you know, if my predictions line up in terms of who wins, especially that Vikings win, I want to see Cowboys Eagles next week in the divisional round, round three. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to take week 18 uh, to heart. I know, you know, the week before, obviously they didn't, they didn't look great either. But uh, I do like the Cowboys in this one. I just think Tampa's got a lot of leaks. They've got a lot of, uh, you know, they're taking on water. And I don't know even if Brady can could keep dialing back the clock if he can, you know, out-duel again. But we'll see. Yeah, it should be a fun one, though. I'm, I'm glad that they ended up in picking that for the Monday night game. I know it should be good. You have the Manning cast with uh, Peyton and Eli talking about Brady as well. And uh, I think the biggest difference with this game as opposed to week one, is you'll see a lot more Tony Pollard in this one. He wasn't really the factor that he is mm-hmm. now. And uh, the one-two punch with him and Zeke um, could be big. So, yeah, we'll see. It's exciting, though. I'll tell you, it's great to have these meaningful playoff games now that the college season is over. And, uh, man, you're on record. Neither one seed makes the Super Bowl, huh? Uh, No, I don't think so. Okay. I think I'll say – Based on pre wild card weekend, I'll say Buffalo and San Francisco. Wow, the Brock Purdy train continues. Um, so we'll see. They're <laughs> playing so well. Yeah. Obviously, it's subject to change moving forward with that. But that's my pre uh, playoffs uh, pick. Always subject to change. Uh, Matt Wittenberg, this was fun. Last thing, where are you at with uh, Carlos Correa now on his third physical, trying to go back to the Twins? <laughs> Oh, man, what what an odyssey that was. <laughs> At it's first, nuts. I thought he was going to be like the number one thorn in the Dodgers' side going up to San Francisco and having to play him, like, what, 15 times a year. So 
kind of glad that didn't work out just because don't need to see that in my life. Um, and then <laughs> the Mets trying to make it like their payroll hit, what, like $2 billion? Mm. So that was funny. And then just, I mean, what did the Twins have to lose at this point? We were yeah. sort of talking about this earlier. Like, yeah, take a swing on it. You're, you're the Twins. You haven't really had much success at all. So you can sort of take a flyer on this guy's leg holding up over the stretch of his contract. I'm curious to see if this actually sticks this time. Uh, looks like it will, but why, I've never really seen anything like this, so I uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe it's taken this long. A uh, talented player that uh, unfortunately has some medical issues, so we'll see what happens there. But the MLB offseason, it's continuing on. It's still shaky, but pitchers and catchers reporting soon, as I'm sure you know. So we oh, will yeah. uh, monitor the situation gearing see up. what happens. We are gearing up for everything. Uh, Matt Wittenberg, thanks for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Look forward to doing it again soon. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. That's it for this week's episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks to Sean Sullivan and Matt Wittenberg for appearing as guests. Always a blast talking sports with those fellas. And a reminder, you can catch us on all your podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page for some exclusive content. I'm on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. And next week, we're back to talk more NFL playoff action, as well as some other storylines in the world of sports. Australian Open starts on Sunday, so make sure you catch that in the wee hours of the night and early morning. My name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening to the Money Mitch Effect. And until next time, keep enjoying sports.